This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Good everyone. Good to have you with me again. I hope you tuned in last week to listen to uh, the show I had with uh, my guest Larry Pratt, who is the chairman emeritus of the Gun Owners of America. He was founder of that organization. And uh, he and I have been friends for many, many years and worked on the gun issues, Second Amendment issues, and other issues for a long time. And still, to this day, United States Justice Foundation and the Gun Owners of America work together on many lawsuits involving Second Amendment issues. And uh, we have a lot of that pending right now in front of various courts around the country. Uh, you have states and local governments trying to deny people Second Amendment rights. And you have the federal government, of course, primarily through Obama's executive orders, doing the same thing. And then we have an upcoming election where Hillary Clinton has claimed in her speeches to be a supporter of the Second Amendment and just wants to take away guns from criminals and people on the no-fly list. Of course, the problem with that is, and unfortunately Donald Trump agreed with that as a debate the other night, the no-fly list is notoriously inaccurate. You can be put on the no-fly list simply because your name is similar or the same as someone who is on the terrorist watch list. So a lot of people, you know, get on the no-fly list. I personally know some people that were put on that list that did not belong there. Uh, several members of Congress ended up on that list. A uh, reporter from Fox News ended up on that list and never knew why. So... Publicly, that's what she says she wants and says oh, that's all she wants. But in private conversations, and I say private, they're to her donors and this sort of thing, she tells people that she wants to, number one, destroy the NRA. And I have been a member of the NRA for years and was a referral attorney for a long time uh, when I was still actively practicing law at a local level. Now, of course, I just do it on the <coughs> federal and level for the most part, and I supervise the attorneys at the United States Justice Foundation. And uh, But she tells them people she wants to destroy the NRA, and she wants to outlaw the private ownership of handguns. That's gun control. That's the abolition of the Second Amendment. And that's what this woman wants. And at the United States Justice Foundation, we've been fighting for years for the Second Amendment, for all the amendments, for the Constitution, for the balance of powers, not just the Bill of Rights, but the, the very heart of the Constitution. And we will continue to do so. But I can tell you right now, things have gotten pretty tight lately. We've been filing a lot of briefs in courts of appeals around the country on numerous constitutional issues. We've been filing a lot of briefs in the United States Supreme Court, and my name is on all of them, the Executive Director of the U.S. Justice Foundation. I don't write them. I have written some memorandums and this sort of thing, but we have a law firm in Virginia that works for us, and they prepare the briefs, and then they submit them to me, and I review them and suggest any changes that I want made, which is generally none because these guys are absolutely fantastic. And we file these briefs in courts of appeals or the Supreme Court. That costs money. It costs quite a bit of money. 
So, as is always happens to conservative groups, particularly legal foundations like ours, during an election year, money gets tight. People that normally contribute to us in great numbers will still maybe send us a few bucks, but not large contributions. They take their money and they give it to political candidates. And it's always worse during a presidential campaign because more people are demanding money. And here, this campaign coming up, what is going on right now, uh, with the control, Republican control of the U.S. Senate on the line and possibly the House, although that's far-fetched, and the presidency with the possibility of Hillary Clinton, a career criminal becoming president of the United States, people are giving their money to political campaigns. And I can understand that completely. But if you're out there and you can go to usjf.net and you can afford to give us even a few dollars, it will help tide us over until after the election. Let's face it, regardless of the outcome of this election, the work we do is going to have to continue. There are way too many cases facing us in the courts that we're working on right now involving everything from amnesty given by Obama to illegals, involving gun control, involving federal regulations, which are destroying our economy, destroying small businesses, regarding freedom of speech, freedom of religion, the right to keep and bear arms, of course, also dealing with the uh, right to due process, particularly for veterans and senior citizens. All of these are going to be coming up in front of courts of appeals and the Supreme Court after the election. So regardless of who wins, we still have to fight in the courts. And this is something that you need to stress to your friends and neighbors as to why we cannot allow Hillary Clinton to be elected president. Now, I'm not endorsing any candidate, but there's three other candidates out there, and you can choose among those candidates, but choose wisely. I can't endorse a candidate for president or any other political office because I'm the executive director of a 501c3 organization, which is a nonprofit organization. And the IRS would like nothing better than to take away our nonprofit status because that's what makes contributions to us tax deductible. So, in other words, if you go to the usjf.net website and you put in a donation, you get a receipt for that donation, then you will be able to deduct that from your income tax for this year. So that's an important thing for a lot of people. A lot of people donate pretty heavily, usually during around the end of the year. But the importance of this election is that if Hillary Clinton is elected, she will get to appoint at least one Supreme Court justice because there's a vacancy right now due to the untimely death of one of the best justices we ever had, constitutional justices, Antonin Scalia. But she will get to appoint someone to fill that vacancy. And people may be thinking, well, if the Republicans are still in control of the Senate, they can block that appointment. I'm sorry, but the Republicans in the Senate, some of them have a very bad record when it comes to Supreme Court justices. They will go along with appointees that are questionable on a lot of issues, 
simply because they don't want to be viewed as obstructionists. So she's going to get to a point, at least one, probably two or three more, in her first term as all in office, simply because Kennedy, for example, has been wanting to retire for a, quite a while. He's waiting until after the election to do so. Ginsburg is in poor health, and she will probably retire right after the election. If Clinton gets to a point, one, two, three, or even four Supreme Court justices, she will appoint younger justices who will be there a long time, and she will appoint justices who do not believe in the Constitution. And I'm talking about people who are going to actively oppose the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Tenth Amendment. People who, like Hillary Clinton, don't believe in the Constitution at all. They think it is archaic, it is out of date, that we need to ditch our constitutional republic and become a socialist or communist state. It doesn't matter whether you call it socialist or communist, the outcome is basically the same. Loss of personal freedoms, loss of our free market economy, the government controlling every aspect of your lives. That's what Hillary and the elitists in Washington want to do. That's what Obama's been trying to do. And I cannot believe there's so many Republicans coming out and endorsing her. If you don't like the Republican nominee, fine. Sit it out. Keep your mouth shut. But coming out and endorsing Hillary Clinton, who has lied to the American people, has lied to Congress, has lied to the FBI, who has committed one crime after another, and who clearly wants to destroy the Constitution of the United States, and to have somebody like John Warner, former senator from Virginia, Republican senator, come out and endorse her, along with many so-called conservatives, the Republicans are doing what they do best, and that's not win elections. That's form a circular firing squad and make sure that they don't win elections. And this is basically what's happening here. Despite the fact that these people know that if the Supreme Court goes into liberal hands under President Clinton, that our freedoms are gone. Now, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is going to happen. It will happen. And basically, one of the few organizations that will be standing in the way of that happening, if she appoints, for example, a Supreme Court justice, just the first one, is going to be organizations like the United States Justice Foundation who are going to be fighting in court, and we will fight the, the appointment of a liberal Supreme Court justice. We've testified in the past on appointments of Supreme Court justices, testified before Congress, or filed memorandums in opposition or in favor of somebody. We're going to be on the front lines. We need to stay alive to do it. And right now, the coffers are very, very low. So please consider making a contribution today to the United States Justice Foundation, USJF.net. And please consider making continuous contribution. Even a little bit a month helps. Get your friends to do it. Get your, your relatives to do it. USJF.net. That's where you need to go to help us out.
and stress to people, like I said, the importance of this election, if on no other issue, and there are many of them out there, I mean, we know Hillary wants to raise taxes, and we know she wants to give out free stuff, and we know she wants to basically destroy the middle class. There are many other issues out there, but the key issue, the one that will define whether or not this country survives over the next generation or more, is going to be whether or not Hillary Clinton is in the White House and can appoint a bunch of Supreme Court justices. If she can, then the fight is going to be very, very hard to maintain our freedoms. And we may have to take the fight to the streets ultimately. Because they're going to come to take our guns. I talk about this in my new novel, The Rag which, by the way, is getting very, very good reviews and will shortly be up on Amazon and other sites as an e-book. Right now you can buy it as a paperback for $13.99 or as a hardback for $23.99. And you can go to Amazon, you can read the reviews on Amazon and see how people feel about it because it's getting a lot of reviews. Let's take our first break now. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So please talk to people about supporting the United States Justice Foundation. We need your help. And I encourage people between now and the election to read my new novel, The Rag. Now, I hate to brag about it, but I think it's very, very good. I think it's the best work I've ever done. Uh, I have the other patriotic novel out, Amigali, A Story of America, 
which good just got a Ray five star review on Amazon just the other day. And it's similar to the rag, but the rag is, is really closer to what is happening right now in this country and what may happen in the future and what we may need to do in the future to take back our freedoms if we lose them. And I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, we're very close to losing them. I watched the debate the other night, and Donald Trump let a lot of things go by that he should have challenged Hillary on. But the most important part of the debate was, if you listen to Hillary, her plan for governing is clearly to destroy our constitutional republic. Her plan is the same plan that liberal liberals have been espousing in this country for decades, and that is raise taxes, take over further control of the economy, give out a bunch of free stuff to people, keep the, the blacks and other Hispanics on the federal plantation so that they rely on the government to care for them, don't improve education for anybody, turn our education system into a propaganda organ for a new socialist government. Basically, everything she was saying was the same as before. No changes. She offers no solutions to our problems. She offers to take the problems that we have and make them worse. That debate the other night was a clear signal from Hillary Clinton that, number one, I don't think the woman's had an original thought in years because what she's saying is just the party line. She's gone even further to the left on it because Bernie Sanders pushed her that direction. Oh, and by the way, I've got to mention this because I, I sat there a while ago just watching this, shaking my head. In University of New Hampshire, there was a speech being made by Hillary Clinton with Bernie Sanders there. And he started out talking about free college tuition and talking about how the interest rates were so high and it was terrible and students needed to, working class students as he calls them, needed to have free college education and have their, if they were already in college, have their student debt reversed. And Hillary was sitting behind him. And I was watching her more than I was watching him because her behavior was bizarre. I don't know if you've noticed, but she has this bobblehead thing she does. Where basically she just sits there and nods her head. But her eyes weren't focused. She looked like she was in Never Never Land. I think she really does have some health problems. And I think they're being hidden from us, along with just so much things that they, so many things that Clinton's hide. But if you get a chance to see excerpts from that speech, look at what was going on when Bernie Sanders was talking. She sat there not really seeming to understand what was going on. She would applaud occasionally. But she was looking around the room, but her head was constantly up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. It was really scary. It was really bizarre. 
it's almost like she wasn't in control, that something else was controlling her. A disease, I don't know, whatever. But we need to talk about this free college stuff to begin with, because that's that's become a bulwark of the Clinton campaign since her lead among millennials has slipped considerably. I mean, earlier, about a month ago, she had a 24% lead among millennials. Now that's dropped to like 5%. And not all of them are going to Trump. A lot of them are going to Gary Johnson or to the Green Party candidate. But those votes won't be coming for Hillary at this point. So that's why... She's going with Bernie Sanders and adopting his philosophy of free stuff for everybody. That's basically all he talked about. They're talking about free college tuition. They're talking about people being able to refinance their college loans. And, yes, it is very expensive to go to college. It was a lot cheaper when I went to college. But in the real world, I still, even though I worked every summer while I was in college, I worked offshore and made very good money. When I got to law school, I had to go during the summers in order to finish in three years at LSU because we took two systems of law there. We had the federal system and then we had the Polyanic Code, which was a state system. So you had to go for three and a half years, basically, is what it boiled down to. And uh, unless you went during the summer, and then you could graduate in three years. So I couldn't work during the summers anymore offshore. So I had to borrow money to go to law school, which was much more expensive than college itself. So I borrowed. And when I graduated and started practicing law, it took a long time for me to get to the point where I was making any decent money but I managed to pay off my college loan. I managed to pay them on time and even finish paying them off early. I didn't expect anybody else to pay them for me. My parents couldn't afford it. They had done all they could to help me with, with college, but they couldn't afford to pay off my student loans and I shouldn't have had, never occurred to me to ask them to. They were my student loans. I had taken them out. It certainly didn't occur to me to say, well, to my neighbor, you know, down the road, you're a taxpayer. You pay off our student loans. You owe it to me. You supposedly have to give me what I want simply because you're a taxpayer. And that's what Hillary and Bernie are saying is that the American taxpayer will pay off student loans. One important point to think about here, though, is an out-and-out blatant lie, which, of course, Hillary is very good at that. Almost everything she says is a blatant lie. But they were making the point today that why is it that the interest rate on student loans is 3 to 4 percentage points higher than the interest rate when you go to get a mortgage to buy a home or get a loan to buy a car? Why is that? Well, the answer is simple, because Obama made it that way. The Democrats made it that way. It used to be that if you were going to go get a student loan, you went and applied 
at your your bank. And if you didn't get the interest rates you wanted, you might be able to go to another bank or a credit union or someplace down the road. And you could apply for a student loan through them and get a better interest rate. Because you had competition. Then all of a sudden we had Obamacare. Remember Obamacare? That bill that nobody read that Nancy Pelosi said, well, we have to pass it so we can read it and understand what's in it. One of the things that was in it that most people still don't realize, and I pointed this out when I wrote the original article, the articles on the bill back in 2009, early 2010, because I saw this in there, and it, it was absolutely unbelievable that it would be in a bill supposedly dealing with health care. Basically, what it did was federalize the student loan system. Banks could no longer compete with each other. You couldn't get a competitive rate on a loan. The federal government was going to set the loans, decide which banks could make the loans. Everything would have to go through the federal government. They would have to approve it. This was a sneaky way of Obama raising taxes, raising more money for the free stuff that he likes to give out to people, raising more money for the policies that he pushes, raising more money to give to foreign governments, particularly those that support terrorism. So what the Obama administration did and what the Democrats did in passing this bill containing this federal student loan provision was they federalized it so that you can no longer go to different banks to get the best rate on student loan. You go through the federal government, they are going to decide what the rate is. So here we have Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders saying that they're going to change that. And Hillary's a big supporter of Obamacare. She has no intention of changing that. All of you listening here are students out there who really think that if Hillary Clinton is elected president of the United States, you're going to get your student loans taken care of. If you're a former student, forget it. She's not going to give up that money going to the federal government. They want you to have to pay more in interest so the federal government can get more money because they collect the taxes from the banks. So this is a con game. And this is a con game that's been going on now for almost eight years. It was since Obamacare passed. Yet somehow they are managing to blame the rest of us. That somehow American businesses and American banks are causing this increase in the interest rates. It all goes back to the federal government controlling things. And it's what they do best. It's what they like to do best. So think about that if you're even considering voting for Hillary so she can reduce the interest rates on your federal loan. Not going to happen. And if you know somebody who has got student loans they're having to pay off, tell them what I just said, because it's not going to happen. So Hillary Clinton sat there doing her little bobblehead thing, 
while Bernie Sanders ranted and raved about how he's going to provide free college tuition. Everybody whose family makes under 125000 a year. How's he going to pay for that? Well, we'll talk about that after this break. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's Webradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So how is Clinton going to pay for this free college tuition? And she and Bernie are calling for it to be given to uh, students and any family that makes under $125,000. But she also has said openly in this campaign, and I think it was a mistake when she first let it slip, but now she's stuck with it, that she plans to increase taxes significantly on the middle class. So people who make under $125,000 a year, if they're making even close to that, they make even over $50,000 a year, they're probably considered part of the middle class. So your taxes are going to go up. And your taxes are going to have to be raised significantly so that People can have free college tuition. All right, say you're in that class and you have children who want to go to college. And they're saying, they tell them, okay, you have free tuition at such and such a college. No, you don't really, they don't really have free tuition because you're paying for that tuition out of your increase in taxes. And this is the way the Democratic mind works. They take away money from people and give it to somebody else and then pretend it's all free. 
and one of the comments that I you know frequently said about socialism, socialism only works until the socialist government runs out of other people's money. When other people don't have any money, the hard people, hard working people out there don't have any more money to be taken away, to be stolen by a socialist government, the government falls. That's what's happening in Venezuela right now. I mean, that is a total disaster down there. And that was because when oil prices fell, one of the reasons is when oil prices fell, a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of wealthy individuals lost their most of their savings and income. The Venezuelan government, which was very fond of taxing people very heavily, particularly the so-called rich, found out that there was nothing to take. They had no way to take that money, and since they couldn't take money from the rich and give it to the so-called poor, more and more people became poor, and the poor became more and more desperate. And now they have daily riots in Venezuela, and the government down there could fall any time, and they're killing people in the streets that are dissidents. That's the way socialism works, ladies and gentlemen. That's the way it's always worked. That's the way it worked in the Soviet Union. That's the way it worked in Cuba. It's still working. That's the way it's still working in China. Yet we have Democrats out there, including Hillary Clinton, still pushing a failed form of government. A form of government that's failed for over 100 years throughout the world. I had a wrote an article about that not long ago on my blog, which, by the way, you can access through the website here, America's Web Radio, our Constitution website, my show's website, has a link to my blog. Or you can go to www.michaelconnelly.com. And by the way, fairly soon I'm going to be opening a separate website entirely dedicated to my books, including my little book about our Constitution, which right now you can order through my website or through uh, the Constitution Law Alliance website at www.constitution.jigsy.com. And now's a good time to order a copy of the Constitution or a number of copies to give out friends and relatives, anybody who doesn't realize what the Constitution actually says and doesn't realize what rights are about to be taken away from them. But... I wrote articles on my website, and I've written articles about a number of different things. And I talked about things like failure of socialism. And one guy responded by saying, you're an idiot. Look at the wonderful socialist countries in Denmark and Norway and Sweden. Well, interestingly enough, the Prime Minister of Sweden has recently said that he wishes they had never become a socialist country because it's becoming a total failure. In Denmark, they call themselves a socialist country. But they aren't really. Not when it comes to economics. Denmark has a vibrant free market economy that it is very protective of. So again, you have people out there who are going, socialism is great, socialism is good. And they point to countries which they say are socialist, where socialism is now failing. And it usually doesn't fail right away. 
I mean, look how long it took for the Soviet Union to fall. At the beginning, it usually looks like it's working. Because, again, there are people out there with money who live in these countries, and their money is being taken away from them and given to people without money, and those are the people that vote to maintain socialism. In this country, a lot of those people just don't want to work. Not that they can't, it's just they don't want to. But then other people have lost their jobs and cannot find jobs because of the socialist economy that's been pushed on us by Obama and his cohorts in the, in the Congress. See, they like this. That's the way socialism works. They want people to vote for socialism because they have to rely on that particular on the government to support them because they can't find jobs or they don't want to find jobs or they've lost their jobs and can't find a new one. They like, the socialists like to have people on the plantation dependent upon them because most people are more likely to vote to maintain the socialist form of government, to maintain the Democrats' in power simply because they're afraid if they don't maintain this form of government they don't maintain socialism they'll lose their free stuff and their families could starve and they could all be homeless so the democrats want it this way but the problem is it's inevitable that eventually as I pointed out in my blog article democrats or socialist, or communist, or whatever you want to call them, are going to run out of other people's money. Because they force people out of the workforce, and they force businesses to shut down, that reduces their source of income. But it also increases the number of entitlements, the money that they use to, in, you know, in the case of Social Security, it's not really an entitlement, because people learned it, put their money in there. But in the case of welfare and that sort of thing, it becomes an entitlement. And in order to maintain that, they have to keep taking money away from businesses and from wealthier individuals. But then when those businesses close their doors, the government loses that source of income. But by the same token, it's a catch-22 because that forces more people out of the workforce, more people that are relying on the government to take care of them. So it's a pretty vicious circle. But it's one that the elitists don't mind because it maintains them in power. See, they don't lose their money. I mean, look at the Clintons and the Clinton Foundation. Clinton Foundation gets money from all over the world from governments that oppress women, that execute gays. They don't care. I mean, they, they really don't care. As long as you're giving the Clinton Foundation money, you can do pretty much anything you want. And the Clinton Foundation turns around and gives some of that money to the Clintons by paying their expenses and that sort of thing. I don't know if you've heard about what is a major scandal, or should be a major scandal, 
but has not really been brought out at this point by anyone on the major news media, including Fox News. But I've, I've seen the information, and I believe it to be correct. And that is that the Clinton Foundation, one of their biggest donors, was a pharmaceutical company that donated millions of dollars to the foundation. And the while Clinton was Secretary of State, the foundation started giving a lot of money to for AIDS research, well, actually for AIDS medication, not research. All over the world, people that had AIDS, particularly the countries that are most affected by it, were receiving medicine. The medicine was being paid for by the Clinton Foundation, and the medicine was being, the payments were being made to the company that was donating money to the Clinton Foundation. It turns out that the medication they were sending to these countries was not effective because it was deliberately weakened over the required dosage, under the required dosage. So people were dying around the world thinking they were getting the medication that would save their lives when, in fact, they were not getting that medication. And the tie-ins, the complications here are really interesting because you have one, on the one hand, the Clinton Foundation is getting money from a pharmaceutical company. On the other hand, it's turning around and giving that pharmaceutical company money to put out bogus medicine and make a bigger profit so they in turn can donate more money to the Clinton Foundation. Nice little circle, isn't it? Something that corrupt politicians routinely do. This was something that, that upset me the other night in the debate is that the Clinton Foundation was never mentioned. Of course, Holt, Lester Holt, was in the tank for Hillary Clinton, as most of the major news media is. He wasn't going to ask any hardball questions of Hillary Clinton. He wasn't going to put her on the spot, which would have been fine if he had done the same towards Donald Trump. But in Donald Trump's case, he was after him all the time. He interrupted it. He asked him hardball questions. He called him a liar on numerous occasions. Hillary was able to stand up there for 90 minutes and lie about everything. And while Trump went after her some, not as much as he should have, in my opinion, Lester Holt didn't do a thing. Never interrupted Hillary. And I'll show you how bad the bias was at one point. You know, people had been asked not to applaud for either candidate. And at one point, Trump said something that caused some of his people to applaud. The Lester Holt turned around and admonished them not to do that again. Later on in the debate, four or five times, supporters of Hillary burst into applause. Lester Holt said nothing. Let's take our final break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. 
Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So, yeah, the, the debate was rigged. I mean, let's face it, it's always going to be rigged when you let the national news media and control the moderator. And, uh, but you have to understand that's the case. You have to understand that the national news media, for the most part, is basically what I call the Joseph Goebbels School of Journalism. He was a propaganda minister for Adolf Hitler. MSNBC, NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN are all in the tank for Hillary Clinton. And they've been in the tank for the Democrats for a long time. They do not believe in the Constitution. They like freedom of press, but only if it's for their point of view. They want to stifle things like this radio show. They'd like nothing better than to shut me down and shut me up. The same with other conservative talk radio. And that is going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, if Hillary Clinton is elected president of the United States and gets a chance to appoint Supreme Court justices. One final thing I want to talk about today is, is the terrorist attacks. And again, we have a situation where we have a candidate for the president of the United States who appears, on one occasion she used it, but appears very reluctant to refer to terrorist attacks as attacks by Islamic radical terrorists. Obama basically not only doesn't use that term, he pretty much ignores them anymore. Have you noticed that? We've had four terrorist attacks in this country in the last couple of weeks, and Obama has basically said nothing. He hasn't vowed to hunt down and punish the terrorists. He hasn't called it Islamic terrorism. Obama basically comes out and says, well, we need to protect our Muslim friends. And Hillary says the same thing. And you notice I said four terrorist attacks. Well, two of them 
haven't officially been labeled, as far as I know, as Islamic terrorism or even terrorism by the Clinton, by the Obama administration. We had the attack in New Jersey, the attacks in New York, which are basically conducted by the same person who is obviously radical Islamist. Then we had the attack on the mall in Minnesota where a guy used a knife and it turns out was a radical Islamist supporter of ISIS. And it took a long time for them to even tell us that. What is really troublesome, though, is the attack just a couple of days ago at the mall in Washington State. They initially put out a picture of, of a suspect and identified him as Hispanic. Ladies and gentlemen, I looked at that picture and I immediately knew that that man was from a Middle Eastern origin, that he was not Hispanic, he was Middle Eastern. A couple of days later, when they finally arrested him, or the next day when they finally arrested him, they identified him as, in fact, being from Turkey. They have yet to call this an act of terrorism. In fact, the authorities out there kept saying, this is not terrorism, we have no evidence this is terrorism. Just because this guy walked into a mall and shot and killed five people, it's not terrorism. Well, he's from Turkey. He's a Muslim. He carries around in his wallet a picture of one of the leaders of ISIS. Yet they're not going to call this a terrorist act. They're not going to say what it really is. No, they're not. Because they think we're stupid. Obama thinks we're stupid. Clinton thinks we're stupid. The national news media thinks we're stupid. That we're too dumb to know an act of terrorism when we see it. And that if they tell us it's not terrorism, then we will believe it's not terrorism. How does that help them? Well, Hillary Clinton hasn't really said anything about fighting terrorism. She's talked about fighting and feeding ISIS by increasing an intelligence surge. Let me tell you about an intelligence surge. We don't have any real effective intelligence coming from other countries to us right now. Why? Because under the Obama administration, everything gets leaked. And now you have Hillary Clinton, who is Secretary of State, used an unsecured email server, used from the public, well, it turns out President Obama apparently knew about it. An unsecured email server to transmit documents containing classified information, including information that helped ISIS and other groups identify our agents around the world, people who were helping us with intelligence. Some of them apparently were killed. Others have just simply disappeared. Nobody wants to work for us anymore. Nobody, nobody wants to be an asset for us. Foreign governments are scared to death to turn over information that might identify some of their agents. So Hillary's intelligence surge is not going to work because nobody's going to assist us. Nobody trusts us. They don't trust Obama. 
And why should they trust Hillary? She's already shown the cavalier attitude that she uses when dealing with national security issues, classified information. And make no mistake about this. I have come to this conclusion, and I will stick by this conclusion the day I die. Hillary Clinton's private emails, private email server, was what provided the terrorists in Libya the information in the, about where Chris Stevens, our ambassador, was going to be located in Benghazi when and where he was going to be. And they got him and three other Americans killed. But she says, what difference does it make? Well, it makes a lot of difference. Keep up with my blog. I'm putting more articles on the blog right now. Keep up with my blog at www.michaelconnelly.jigsy.com and Donate to the U.S. Justice Foundation at usjf.net. Help us keep having the ability to file briefs, to file legal memorandums, to represent individual veterans, which we're doing a lot of, and just one one, one of those cases, by the way. And uh, that's another reason for donating to usjf.net, because we lose, use a lot of our money to represent veterans who are losing their Second Amendment rights and their Fifth Amendment rights. So you can donate to help us do that. And if you're a veteran and you've received a letter from the VA saying that you're going to be declared incompetent to handle your own financial affairs and they're going to then take away your Second Amendment rights, you need help preparing an appeal, preparing an opposition, contact me at michael at usjf.net. michael at usjfmail.net. We will represent you at no charge and do whatever we can to help you. Also, ladies and gentlemen, go to www.constitution.jigsy.com and order some copies of my booklet, Our Constitution. We're going to need to get more and more of those out, regardless of the outcome of the election, but particularly if Hillary wins. More and more of those booklets need to go out. And one of the things I do is I wrote the booklet. I'm entitled to royalties on the booklet, but I don't take any. Every penny that's paid to buy a copy of that booklet is rolled over into the account of the Constitutional Law Alliance so that we can pay for more copies that we can then distribute to schools People who want to take them to schools, we give them a tremendous discount on the, the booklets. They basically pay the cost of the booklets. We get no profit off of them. In some cases, we don't even they don't even have to pay the full cost of the booklets. But we get these out. So the money is rolled back over in there to help us print more booklets. And by the way, shortly, hopefully, it will be available on Amazon as an e-book. So you can get it there, too. But if you want to order copies, go to www.constitution.jigsy.com or go to my website. Again, the link to my website is right on my web page on America's Web Radio, the Our Constitution page. And that's the way you can reach me. 
And also, order a copy of some of my books. My book, The Mortarman, about my dad's unit during World War II, is a tremendous historical reference book. More and more historians now are recognizing how important it is because it's an untold story. You can get it as an e-book or a paperback on Amazon, or you can order it to my website, a personal autographed copy. Also, the new book, The Rag, is becoming very popular, getting rave reviews. It's an important book to read at this time in our history. So thank you for having me on this week, ladies and gentlemen, listening to me. I encourage your friends to go to the archives, America's Web Radio, this show. They can listen to the shows, too, not just this one, but the one with Larry Pratt next last week and others. Well, have a good week, and I will talk to you later. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.